You're listening to Confident Chaos Podcast with Dr. Tiffany and lawyer Lisa. Listen as we talk about anything and everything that you know to be your truth. On today's episode of Confident Chaos Podcast, we're talking all things real estate. We're joined today with Kelly Huguet from KHR Realty and Coldwell Banker to share some tips about real estate. Hey guys, welcome back. It's episode 19. First off, I want to say I have another special guest with us today, but you're not going to hear from Dr. Tiffany tonight. Unfortunately, she was in the ER with a good friend of hers caring for him last night, all night. So she's not going to be joining us, but she is listening. And I know she's going to be an extremely important participant when she hears what we're talking about today. So today I have with me my very good friend, Kelly Huguet. And she is a real estate agent. She works with KHR Realty, which is her brand. And her brokerage firm is Coldwell Banker. And she's located on Las Solas. And guess what? She's going to be here to talk to us about all things real estate. So welcome, Kelly. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Lisa. And thanks uh, to you and Tiffany for having, Dr. Tiffany, for having me on. I appreciate it. We love to bring on guests that have a specific expertise in one area. I know most of our listeners have been paying attention to most of our episodes now that we're on episode 19, but when it comes to real estate, this is a very specific area. And do you agree, Kelly, that you need to have an expertise in this area and you can't just say, hey, I'm going to go out and be a realtor today? I certainly do, Lisa. Um, When uh, you're... um Home investment is one of the biggest investments and most important investments of your life. And it's very important that you have a professional, full-time real estate professional to work with you. Now, how long have you been in real estate, Kelly? I've been in real estate five years. But prior to that, I worked uh, as an executive uh, in the corporate world. And what brought you to real estate? Well, it's a little different than my past life. Um, I had my children late in life, and I tried to work full-time as a director of logistics under um, a major corporation here in South Florida, and it wasn't working out too well, so I quit my job. And um, I tried to do a little volunteering for a while. That didn't work out couldn't be without a job. So I went into real estate and uh, I love it. So do you think it's your passion? It is. I wish I would have done it many years ago. Well, you know, you only live once, right? So we always want to try to achieve our passion, whatever time in life it, it actually, you know, hits us. Now, do you have a specific area where you specialize in as far as real estate or is it just general real estate? Well, yes, I do have a specific area. I'm, I mostly work on waterfront. I've been around boats my whole entire life. And I, I mainly stay around luxury properties and um, waterfront being deep water, ocean access, no fixed bridge, waterfront. And I also do a little area called Riverside Park, which is a wonderful area. And I um, mostly work downtown, a little bit out in plantation, and um, and over in Coral Ridge and any, anywhere where there's waters where I, I end up. And that's probably because you also have your captain's license, right? Well, not really, but my husband does. Well, I consider <laughs> you to be a captain because you can drive vessels that I don't think I can. Yeah. That's for sure, yeah. definitely. Now, what, what's specific about Waterfront that you think is, um, you know, Well, let me back up for a moment because I'm making assumptions here and we try our hardest not to make assumptions. 
what would you consider to be a specialty as far as waterfront? What is the most important feature about a property that's on the water that you find is most important to a buyer? Well, I mainly deal with uh, waterfront as it pertains to navigable uh, areas. So um, we have waterfront here in, in South Florida, which some may consider waterfront being the beach, um, or you know, it may be the uh, intracoastal waterway, or just the canals and the river. And um, I feel that anything that is navigable is extremely valuable. And of course, anything that's beachfront is valuable as well. Well, when we're talking about South Florida, would you agree a lot of people are coming here for the water? Absolutely. And there's only so much waterfront. So when you're speaking of an investment, that's where you want to be. And when we talk about, you know, current um, real estate trends, are you seeing more of a trend toward waterfront or is it just an area that you find is always going to be a hot, a hot area just because of the fact that you're on the water? I think that there's more of a trend in South Florida towards waterfront. You'll see in many areas, you'll see these small little cottages that are being remodeled and or in some cases, they're being torn down and huge mansions going up. And um, waterfront is very hard to find, actually. Navigable waterfront is. Um, currently, I have about eight clients waiting for navigable deep water ocean access properties. And we've been looking for six, seven months, and it's just very difficult to find right now. Well, let me, that's, that brings up a good point. Let me back up for a minute. So, your specialty is waterfront, and we know right now, which, well, we don't, we all don't know. We know because we talked about it. We're going to get into a minute to inventory and what's out there in light of our wonderful COVID-19 pandemic, and I'm interested from your opinion how it's really affecting the market right now as far as this pandemic, but what would a typical buyer say to you when they call you up and they're saying, hey, you know, I'm looking for waterfront? What are, like, your top tips you would tell them before you really start doing any type of research for them specifically? The first thing I would ask them, are you a boater? Because we have to find the proper waterfront that's going to fit their boat. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. And, and believe it or not, if you don't have somebody that's educated in that area, uh, I know many um, people that have ended up with properties that do not fit their boat. Oh, jeez. Either they don't <laughs> I can't have imagine. They're, they're not deep. The water's not deep enough. Uh, the canal is not wide enough. Or maybe their dock space just isn't adequate. So that would be the first question I'm at, I would ask. Are you a boater? And do some people tell you they are, but maybe you find out later they're really not a boater? Yes, that, <laughs> that happens on occasion. Or they may say, yes, I, I, I dabble in boats. And they may end up with a 100-foot yacht where they need 120 feet in deep water somewhere. Oh, my gosh. So that your typical client really doesn't always know right, <laughs> necessarily exactly. what the definition is. Exactly. Okay, so let's assume you get past the are you a boater and you can actually qualify qualify the terms of what a boater really means and what type of waterfront space they're looking for, what would be the next question you would ask a potential buyer for waterfront property? I would say, how much do you want to spend? Because... Oh, the dollar question. Yes, because unfortunately, it's very expensive to live on the water. And, uh, and a lot of times I get clients that are like, yes, I, I want to live on the water. I, I've always had a passion to live on the water. And I and I, I, you know, I want a house with five bedrooms, and I want 100 feet on the water, and deep water, ocean access, no fixed bridge. And I don't want to spend over $350,000. Oh, yeah. And you're telling them, well, you're not going to buy in South Florida, right? That's right. That's right. 
pack up and you can buy a nice little mansion in the state of Indiana where you don't have to deal with any kind of water. So would you agree with me, and we talk about this um, in many different aspects of our podcast, that part of dealing with your client, you know, your potential client is managing expectations and making sure they're realistic? Absolutely. And that's we need to get that straight right off the, the bat because... We don't want to waste anybody's time, and we don't want to be... I mean, I have many clients that once they find out, they do have a passion and and want to be on the water, but they may have to save up a little longer before they can actually get what they want on the water. Well, it makes sense because your time's valuable, and their time is valuable, and if they're sitting there, I kind of... I always talk to my clients, and the divorce world is kind of like running on a rat wheel. There's (laughs) funny commercials now about, like, running on the rat rat wheel, you know? Mm -hmm. So you don't want to be that one, you know, running on the rat wheel trying to find this perfect property that's just not out there or to find out when you finally get the property that they like oh shit you can't afford it right exactly. you know I mean you've wasted time and energy and I'm sure it's also emotional I mean I I deal with it in divorce cases but I, would you agree with me that this whole process of buying real estate is has an emotional aspect to it absolutely I you have to to be a good agent you have to kind of be a therapist uh, a relationship coach. Um, when people are buying property, it, strange things come out of them. <laughs> so actually, uh, you know, there's a lot of fighting amongst couples. And, you know, because you, they really learn a lot about each other in that process of, of looking for a property. And then, you know, if it doesn't work out, then lawyer Lisa, I send them to you. Yeah, they, they come on <laughs> over to, to my office over here in downtown Fort Lauderdale. Well, sometimes I need them to get out of my office and come to you because it's time for them to end, you know, sell the marital home. I just said that to a client yesterday. It's time to sell. Let's close it up, you know, close the shop. You really don't need that master bed where you lived in with your husband for 15 years. It's time to move on. Let's find a new fresh home for you and you can make a new place your home. I think it's hard though. You know, when you think about emotions, there's different careers for different people. And one of the things that I find extremely important as a professional, I don't care what your profession is, you got to be able to have an established relationship and an established level of trust on both sides. And I'm sure you deal with this with other agents, right? I mean, what kind of stuff do you get to deal with on, on that end, you know, in the, in the closing room, as they say, I think there was a movie about that, um, <laughs> where you're dealing with that because you're managing the emotions and obviously the finances for a little bit, you know, a little bit of time with your clients but then you got to deal with most of the time, right? Most of your, uh, your deals are with other agents. You're not uh, really yes. doing, mm-hmm. you know. So how, what's that like? Tell us about that. Well, I do have to say that uh, South Florida has a wide variety of excellent real estate agents. But occasionally you come across the one or two that uh, may not be so well-versed in real estate or, or doesn't really understand the deal. And it can be, it could be a little, it can get a little tense at times, but we always try to work everything out and make it the best deal for our clients. So that is always our goal is to make sure that our clients are getting the best service and the best deal. Now, do you come across, um, you know, maybe we'll call it that needle in the haystack maybe where you have like the smoothest deal with a, with an agent. Does that happen? It does, and and usually that makes me a little bit nervous because... <laughs> I was just going to say, that's why I called it needle in a haystack, because when I get that, I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah, this is going way too smoothly, and at the very end, it usually, something happens. Some Somebody didn't turn in the right paperwork, somebody doesn't get qualified, 
and you know it's three days before closing they don't get their clear to close and maybe the whole deal can fall apart and then you're sitting there obviously expecting your commission and most importantly though I know money's important and your income is important because this is how we feed our children and live our lives but you also have to deal with the aspect of the fact your client didn't close. <laughs> exactly, and they, they don't like that. Uh, you know, they, we are the ones that are bringing them the buyers in most cases and bringing contracts. And we, um, you know, one tip for sellers to make sure that your buyer is always pre-approved. And if they're not, you know, this, these kinds of things can happen, and even if they are. So uh, in some cases, uh, a buyer may decide, oh, well, I've got this new house, so I'm going to go out and buy new furniture for it. They do that before they close, and then they never close because they're oh, no geez. longer qualified. And then there you go. You're right back to square one, yes. and you have your an annoyed client. But, you know, in, in the situations where you're dealing with an agent that maybe might not be as professional as you would prefer, maybe you're dealing in a case where, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I don't want anyone listening, you know, to assume that. I consider myself to be a realist. It's not just because I'm an attorney, but, you know, there's – positive ways of looking at things. There's negative ways of looking at things. And then I, I like to look at the real world, you know, like what's really going on here. Cause there's obviously, you know, positive and negative things about every situation in my opinion, you know, but when you, when you're dealing with that agent that might not be professional, let's, let's call it that, you know, how do you find in situations where you're trying to close, you're trying to get the deal done, that that unprofessionalism trickles down to the deal, yes. you know, to the actual transaction. Yes. And in that case, Lisa, what I would do is I take it upon myself to do their side of the deal because we have to get this deal closed. And if they're not getting the proper paperwork or doing the proper follow-up, I just do it myself. You know, I give you a lot of credit for saying that because, <laughs> and I, I really don't think that's a gender thing. Obviously, we're two females sitting here. I don't think that's a gender thing. What some people think it is, you know, I've, I've gotten that. Oh, well, that's what women do. They just take control. You know, you just do it your way. No, no, I don't agree with that. I think it's a situation where you see the end game. And you want to get the fastest way that you can to achieve the goal. And sometimes, unfortunately, and most professions, real estate, you know, family law, I'm sure Tiffany would be adding in medicine. You have to do what's appropriate in order to get it done. And sometimes, unfortunately, it's adding more work to your plate, spending That's more true. hours at night, you know, getting it done. But the point is, at the end of the day, everybody wins. That's true. Everybody wins. And so maybe that real estate agent, you know, I always try to think, well, maybe there's something in their life that's caused them not to be able to follow up or follow through. But, you know, so, you know, that's just the way it is. And it's that way in any, any, any career that you have. You have, you know, you're always going to have good and bad. So. And you have to try to get it done. I mean, I, exactly. I, you got to see, you know, you got to see the, deal. the end game, close the deal, literally sign the paperwork, you know, and move on. Let's talk for a moment because I know this is a really big issue right now. How do you feel that COVID has had any kind of an impact on the market? What, what have you seen in the last, you know, six, seven months you know, really since March, as far as the, you know, the pandemic, the big P word, how it's affected the real estate market. Yes. One of the, one of the main things that it's affected me is that I always, I don't go to any showings without my mask, gloves, and wipes. Oh, so. exciting. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, actually though, um, and that is true. I mean, we have to be cognizant of this, you know, of this whole COVID thing and make sure that we are, you know, uh, thinking of others. So um, I always try to, you know, make sure that my clients are comfortable with and try to wipe down, you know, if anybody's touched anything. 
but actually, it, as far as from a real estate standpoint, um, we're doing remote closings, and uh, that's something that's kind of new. Uh, we have something that I, I know you know of, Lisa, as the... Um, the uh, uh, notaries, the notaries. Oh, the, uh, the mobile notaries. Mobile notaries, and, and absolutely. The famous DocuSign, right? Yes, Is that what you guys are using? Yeah. And then the the headaches and the migraines from Zoom. I don't know if you use Zoom, but I want Zoom to go out of business. I want Zoom to go out, of, and I, you know what? Zoom sucks. I'm After, sorry if you like Zoom. I don't like Zoom. You know what word I don't like? Virtual. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't like that <laughs> word either. I am so tired of virtual and, and, and lawyer Lisa, the new normal. Oh yeah. I'm sick of that. You know what? That's a really good point. I should do a whole podcast episode on that. You know, enough, enough with the semantics, call a spade a spade. This sucks right now. It really sucks. We need to get back to the real world. We need to get back to social interaction and we need to be able to talk to people and be able to have a meaningful conversation that is not going to be interrupted because your Wi-Fi connection sucks. Or your dog is barking oh, in your, the background. Your dog, your dog, yeah. You know all those commercials that you see now where it's like, oh, the new normal and virtual this, virtual that, and right. all these companies that unfortunately, I mean, it's it's not funny, it's actually serious that they've unfortunately had to close down, you know, and all the employees are disseminated and they're working from their homes, but... Just because you're working from your home doesn't mean that I need to hear your three kids crying in the background, your husband screaming at the computer because the Wi-Fi connection isn't working, and your your dog barking. You and know. your doorbell ringing with your Amazon package. Oh yeah, let's not forget <laughs> about that. I don't want to. I don't want to forget. Have you forget your train of thought? But perfect example of that was a trial that I had a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. I don't want to hear the judge's dog barking in the middle of my trial. <laughs> Uh, you can't mute the dog, like maybe go to another room. Like it's, it's crazy what people are doing. But so as far as COVID, you're mentioning, um, your wipes, your booties on your feet and your mask. Uh, what about, has it affected the inventory? What's going on with the inventory out there right now? Well, inventory actually is, um, being affected by a couple of things. And the main thing that's affecting our inventory right now in the real estate world is the interest rates. Oh, let's talk about that. Yes, because interest rates are, are at an all-time low. And we have currently a 30-year fixed is at 2.75. I mean, that's very low. That's like free money. Yeah. And so what a lot of people will do in, in the case with such low uh, uh, interest rates is that um, they'll make an offer on a house and they'll, they'll offer cash because cash is always king. Yes, cash is king. I hear you. I but, hear you. But, How does that work with um, your transaction? Well, because, uh, and then at the end of the day, they end up financing it. And as long as they don't, they, that the deal is not contingent upon financing, and they bring the money to the table by the closing date, it doesn't matter how they do it. So, yeah, they can offer cash and finance, and it's just that the, the contract cannot be contingent upon the finance. It never? It never can? Or is that oh, just a COVID thing? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. That's not a COVID thing. That's an always thing. But oh, okay. We're talking about lower interest rates and, you know, like a lot of people offer cash. Well, you know, in this environment with such low interest rates and low and money being free, most people don't want to, you know, pay cash. They want to they wanna finance it. So, um, so a lot of times what will make a deal go bad is the financing portion of it oh, so bet, on a contract you got you have a finance and if you're financing 
and you need the money and you don't have the cash, then you have a financial contingency upon on the property, and that's what that's when you know you're at the end of the deal, and the people buy the fa- the couch and the furniture, and oh all of a sudden God. the deal falls apart. So if it's a if it's a not contingent upon financing, then the person has to bring the money to the table and it can't cannot get out of the contract or they risk losing their escrow. So that's when you hear, you know, quick close, all cash. Yes, you know, those yes. are the ones that are like ding 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 exactly. ding. Sign up. You're telling, you know, your sellers, pick this one, pick this one. Exactly. No, I mean I think it's important. But do you feel like the market has taken any kind of a hit? Um, as far as, you know, the pandemic, like how inventory is high, inventory is low. No, inventory is extremely low right now. Um, and that, and again, that's, it, I don't think it really has to do with the pandemic. I think it has to do with the interest rates being so low and then everybody's buying, buying, buying. And then, you know, maybe COVID has a little something to do with that here in South Florida, because we have a lot of people that are moving here from up north. And they're moving here and they're moving into primarily single family homes because they want to be able to have their own space. So So those are our snowbirds yes, that, that come would... down in what is it? September, October. It's like now, right? Yes, and some of them are moving here permanently. Oh, fun, 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 fun. That yeah. that makes me real happy as I'm going through my line in the grocery store and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting because the person is just taking their time because they have nothing to do. No. And they're just here relaxing on vacation and I have nine million things that have to be done in the next hour. <laughs> yeah, I know. I understand. So for example, Lisa our sales are here in Broward County are up 16.4% over last year. Really? Yes. Can you believe that? That's interesting. So, yeah. I can I- believe it, but it's interesting to see. Um, so basically, you know, for a non-real estate expert like myself mm-hmm. and, you know, the average person, and I don't know who's really listening at the moment, but when you hear low interest rates and low inventory, does that just mean, is, what, what is that equivalent to? Like if you were to put together a formula, is that just if you want something, get it now because it's not going to last long? That's exactly what it means. I call it a feeding frenzy out there. Right now, I have clients that I've been working with. We've put two and three offers on houses and written offers and haven't gotten the houses because there's just so few homes, single family homes out there. So they're going available. fast. And then you've got, you know, the who knows what's happening. I'm not here to comment about politics. That's for another day and another show. But, you know, when all of these flights are going to maybe stop or um, not stop, I mean, but they're going to be increasing and more people are actually going to be flying. Um, do you feel like that's going to have an effect on more of the snowbirds coming down? Because we still have a little bit of quarantine going on, you know, as far as coming down from other states and, you know, trying to be uh, restrictive as far as bringing other people into our state and things like that. But I mean, Florida's a pretty transient state anyway, right? Exactly, it is. And and I think that's going to, you know, those people that you're referring to are both, you know, snowbirds and vacationers. And I think that's going to help our local restaurants and, and, our, and hopefully our small businesses. I love that. You know, I, I think we lose sight of that sometimes because, you know, the local, you know, mom and pop shops, you know, like the, you know, smaller grocers, you know, and, um, you know, places like that, they're just, they've closed unfortunately they haven't even been able to open and hopefully when this comes to an end which I'm optimistic about that that this pandemic is going to get close to an end that we'll be able to help support local business I think that's that's really really important everybody should support their local businesses 
and including your local real estate companies, exactly, right? Exactly. Like, come on, come on over and uh, call Kelly so she can, you know, she can help you out. One of the things, Kelly, that I have to tell you, um, it's been a trend with our podcast for the last 19 podcasts. Um, we always try to provide insight. You know, we want to try to help our listeners with some aspect of what our subject is, so that they can take a little gem with them. You know, as they're listening in their car, in between, you know your point A to point B situation and your, you know, you want to provide some kind of an insight. So we also like to keep it light, you know, and I know there's tons of stories in my practice, tons of stories in Tiffany's practice, but you got to share some of these stories with us. Give me one or two of some craziness that's been going on with your real estate clients. Well, I think, you know, we are in South Florida and and South Florida has a tendency to have a few, uh, uh, colorful characters, let's say. Yeah, I like that word. <laughs> so I've had people um, that actually, this is a true story that I had a guy one time ask me if if we would take cash for this property. This is water, what is a waterfront property. And I said, of course, the banks will take cash. He goes, no, I mean a bag of cash. And he literally had a bag of cash. He was just like hanging in his trunk, like yeah. ready to close the deal today. I'm like, I don't care where you got that cash. I mean, if you bring me a, a pickup truck full of pennies and it equals the amount of the house, we'll take it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> That's the IRS's problem. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Let's stay in our lane, right? You know, right. let's close the contract. The IRS has its own purpose on this planet. Whatever that purpose is, I'm not really sure yet. But let them do their job, right? <laughs> That's wild. Yes, it's what, true. What about these, you know, millennials? Mm-hmm. Are you dealing with these millennials? You know, I, I have to bring this up because they're affecting so much of what's happening in 2020. And you're a mom. You know, your mm-hmm. kids are older than mine, teenagers. Mm-hmm. You know, mine are little, elementary school, pre-K, you know. And I really do look at our children and I see what's going to be happening for them, you know, when I retire and they're running the world, you know, like, what are they going to be faced with? Because these millennials have such a different perspective about life, about money, about, you know, education, about socialism, you know, all of these big, you know, really big factors that, you know, shape a culture. Yes. So, and yours are going to be in the real world much quicker than mine, um, you know, as far as your children go. But what do you think of these millennials and how they're currently investing with real estate? Well, I think that most of them that I run across are very intelligent, and obviously they all are very tech savvy. Oh yeah, and tech they, that's savvy. You definitely got it. a one up on on somebody that's my age, or even you know even some of the younger people that aren't millennials. But even me, yes, I'm still learning. Yes. I'm like, holy cow, dude, how did you do that? I know. <laughs> and they they do business differently than uh, than you know, some of the older folks. They they uh, you know they want to text everything. They don't like a lot of phone calls. Um, some of them don't even have voicemail, Lisa. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yes. And there, there are, uh, sometimes I do deals with them and I don't even really see them other than to maybe show them the the house. And And, and now you're probably doing virtual showings, right? Virtual showings. Absolutely. Where you don't even like physically meet them. You meet them on a computer. Yeah. And you know what? The millennials love that. They love the 3D, new 3D showings where you can show them, you know, walking through the house and. And, you know, they, they, the, our millennials are very intelligent people, um, but they, you know, they do do things differently than what we're used to, and they like to do things on their own. They like to do their own research. They don't, they don't okay. really, 
you know, trust um, what you say. They want to see it on the internet for themselves. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so you're like, these are the listings for the property that you're looking for. Oh, yeah. Um, don't don't review the MLS listings that I just showed you. Go do your own search. Right, and they're because I'm not being truthful about what I'm showing you. And but I got to tell you, they're very creative. They come up with ideas, investment ideas. They want to, you know, it's like you were saying, the Airbnb or the home away, uh, if they can afford it and, and like invest their money in, in a property rather than into their 401k or into other things, uh, you know, other than the stock market, they may do that. And it's not such a bad idea. A lot of people make a lot of money off of real estate and they have a lot of energy to be able to run these uh, Airbnbs and and uh, vacation rentals, which is, it takes a lot of energy for that. Well, you know, I was going to talk to you about that because obviously, you know, I think the tradition for multiple years was, you know, you make a lot of money, your investment is going to be in a, you know, an IRA or 401k, or maybe you're going to, you know, do some stock trading, you know, on the stock market, but God knows what's happening with the stock market these days. You know, that's obviously a risky investment specifically in 2020. Mm -hmm. But then when you talk about like actually putting investments in real estate, you know, and like taking their primary home where they've lived for all these years, renting it out, managing the rentals, you know, making sure they're actually, because I'm sure these people are not renting for low budget, you know, they're renting so they're actually making income off the rental. And then, you know, creating Airbnbs and VRBOs where they're making more of an investment. And they're, I mean, it sounds like they're walking away with cash, you know. They are. They <laughs> cash are. is king, right? They are. And some of them, I have a couple clients right now that I'm working with and they're so uh, intelligent in the way that they're they're looking at things is like um, maybe they don't have the money for uh, a down payment so they want to do maybe like an owner financing and then they'll get into a nice building they'll live in a portion of it and maybe they they want something with a cottage or something that they can rent out and make money off of off the Why property the, that they're living yes, in until they and then when they get enough money they buy more properties and, and there's basically like the the scenario of like flipping right exactly. you know like putting money in a property fixing it up flipping it and then doing it again i mean people make whole careers out of that right of course they do you know i mean it sounds like they're doing you know pretty good to me it's like a lot of work you know like it that's is. and it's you got to be creative about it you have to have a, the mind for construction you know and then you got to be able to deal with a lot of b the bs you know involved in construction and then maintaining it and managing it and I, I don't know it's not for me but you know i i give credit to the millennials because maybe they're coming up with a creative approach that we just haven't you know, I'm 41, guys, so I, I, mi I missed the cutoff for the millennials. But <laughs> they're definitely having effect, I think, on society and about on culture and just how real estate in general is being, you know, being handled. Handled and marketed, absolutely. And, and you know, that really what the whole concept of real estate is, you know, you want to improve the market, right? Right, right. We want to do things that are going to make the market more beneficial and more effective and create more opportunities for people to, you know, to make invest money and make, you know and, and invest money, absolutely. and i mean from a selfish perspective you know the more money put into your neighborhood the better your neighborhood looks absolutely. you know absolutely like is. we know all about that you know you put more money into it the better everybody ends up yes you very know, true at the end of the day but i think it also comes down to a professional and i've said this so many times tiffany would agree even though she's not here i know she would agree you got to find a professional you get along with you trust and someone that's going to get the deal done. Exactly. You know, at the end of the day, someone that's going to hustle and get it done so that everybody benefits, Ex you know, right. one way or another, we all want to benefit, right? Very true. Very and, true. And this day and age, it's all about, you know, 
benefiting from an, you know, a money perspective, that's, right? That's right. A financial perspective. Well, Kelly, I really appreciate you coming. Well, I really enjoyed being here. It's Lisa. been a pleasure to have you here. And I'm hoping that everyone has had a chance to learn a little bit more about real estate and call Kelly, Kelly Huget, everyone with KHR Realty at Coldwell Banker. Do you want to give everyone your um, phone number and email so they sure. can contact you if sure. you want your luxury waterfront property? Yes. Um, my phone number is 954-547-6508 and my email is khrsells at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Kelly. Guys, make sure you all stay healthy and stay grounded.